Put you in a jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. Cry, we lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. And all of y'all know my style. This O Steve is brought to you by Frank Williams. You should never say who's there. Don't you watch scary movies? It's a death wish. You might as well just come out here to investigate a strange noise or something. Look, you've had your fun now, so I think. You better just leave or else. Or else what? Or else my boyfriend will be here any second and he'll be pissed when he finds out. I thought you didn't have a boyfriend. I lied. I do have a boyfriend and he'll be here any second so your ass better be clear. Sure. I swear. He's big and he plays football and he'll kick the shit out of you. I'm scared. I'm shaking in my boots. So you better just leave. His name wouldn't be Steve, would it? <laughs> do you uh, think do you think that would have had uh, more oomph if she would have said he's big? He's black. And he plays football. Right. <laughs> oh, Aries. <laughs> All right. So you like that, right? That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was Frank, cool. You, you get points on that one, baby. That was that was uh that was in pocket. All right, as promised. The doctor. Hey man, I'm your number one artist. All right, here we go. Uh, what up? And what it do to the ebony and ivory of the comedy world. Just getting back at you to clarify a few things. I heard you say while well, after reading my email. First off, I want to say this to you while you all cock back damn near about to catch an egotistical overdose of yourself saying you still got me because I listened to the show. Brother, check this out. I'm going to use this opportunity to check you with your own words that you said when you was asked by an interviewer. What was your feelings about Corey Holcomb after y'all's incident? Just because I found out that you're that diarrhea-ass, crack-dripping, unattended, shitty asshole that I referred you to on my last email don't mean I still don't admire the work you do on stage. I still respect you as a genius comedian that you are at times, bruh. Are at times. He, Andy, this is what you call female traits. Now, this nigga, if he's a true man, then you stick to the script no matter what. But because you mad, nigga, now you're doing female shit and you're trying to act like we good or you still got love for me, but you're pointing out little petty shit. At times, I'm a genius. Before, I was a full-blown genius. Now, at times. Well, to give him some credit, it is hard to be a genius all the time. But that's me! 
Um, uh, the genius that you are at uh, for the Giant yeah, Times. And furthermore, how do you know? Oh, I love this part. I kind of read this a little bit. And furthermore, how do you know I, I don't listen to the podcast just to hear Andy? <laughs> nigga, I see through that like a goddamn glass negligee, nigga. Uh, so now it's about Andy. Fuck you, nigga. That's fuck you. That's why I fucked your brother. That's what that is. Um, Andy, who's your paramaniac, who's your pyromaniac. Wait, I listened to the podcast just to hear Andy. Oh, just to hear Andy hose your paramaniac mouth ass down when you firing off the mouth about some shit just to catch a laugh off the ex- expense of the next motherfucker's feelings or spouting off at your clit liquor about something you know nothing about. That part of the show is always entertaining to me, LOL. Secondly, I'd also like to retort to the line you said telling me to relax that you only played my music twice. Uh, no, playboy. Try it six times because I'm your number one artist. And if you don't believe me, brother, just practice what you preach and go back and listen to your own damn shit. And not only will you see you played my shit six times, you'll also see that out of those six songs, I gave a special intro. Uh, shout out to you and Andy on that dollar sign grind song you played at the end of, the one, of one show. Shake my damn head. How quick our celebrity egos make us forget. And on top of that, I have the text message of you saying that you were getting complaints by some of the artists represented by Trash Bag Productions who were sending you their material saying their shit wasn't getting played because you were playing me too much. So you relax, my nigga. I don't have to make up a goddamn thing. I would give the number to all six tracks that were played on your show but I'm going to spare you that embarrassment and let your fans follow the rules of your show by letting them get back and forth, uh, letting them go back and forth listening for themselves. And you don't have to thank me. Nigga, what makes you think my legion of supporters is siding with you on anything? They are simultaneously telling you right now, shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. You're, like, You're going to expose me to what, nigga? My fucking, my, I, I'm a pastor. My congregation is loyal to me. Fuck out, they don't know you, nigga. Um, get off your goddamn ego stallion. Um, also, if you got time to go back and listen, you will also find the story you told about seeing Joe Torrey outside of the comedy club one day telling him you liked his work or some shit and he played you off. That's the Joe Torrey. Uh, Incident I was referring to on the last email, bruh. Like I said, I don't have to make up shit, partner. The last people I lied to was my mom and my dad when I was a little because I was in fear of an ass whooping and police and the judge because I was in fear of going to jail. And you ain't neither. One of them motherfuckers or, or no one I have to have to fear. So what the fuck do I have to lie to you for uh, or anyone else for that for that matter? And lastly. Oh, my God. The part about you saying I was so persistent to the point it was annoying. Dog, I only hit you up in your DM maybe two to three months, times a month. Two to three times a month. That's like rent, nigga. It's a lot. Um, Only to present you to my music and to check and see if you were a man of your word by getting my music to the ears of meth and some other connects you claim to have. (laughs) 
but like the asshole you turned out to be, you didn't keep your word and went as far as blocking a nigga for respectfully calling you on your bullshit. I know you like to make people laugh, but brother, let's keep it real. I mean, damn, how you gonna be mad at a man for being punctual about his business? And I'm gonna close this out by giving you some words to the wise that might help you when you're on the road doing your comedy thing, my G. Pull some of that asshole shit out your bruh. Your, uh, out your act, bruh. You're funny and entertaining even without having to get laughs uh, off the expense of the hurt feelings you give to fans who paid it. Oh, so now you concern about other niggas' feelings when I'm in a business of not giving a fuck about feelings? Make it make sense, partner. Uh, yeah, you drawing for straws because your narrative is as long as I'm playing ball by your rules, you cool with everything. But once I'm not, I'm only a genius part-time. Now you're listening for Andy. Now you care about other people's feelings. There's some real vaginal shit you're doing. Uh, hard-earned money, uh, hard-earned money comes to come see your ugly ass. Now I'm ugly. Nigga, have you looked in the motherfucking mirror, nigga? You look like a Halloween costume. Fuck out of here, big old bear bitch. Uh, hope you like my shit sandwiches Compliments from the doctor P.S. Believe it or not In spite of the fuck shit You did to a nigga I am still grateful for you playing my music Well then say the fuck Say that shut the fuck up All this extra shit for what? Just give the compliment nigga And really I don't even have to read the rest of this If you are Clearly you still been tuning in so if you was that mad or you was that done with me, then you get, you got the right to leave, nigga. But you still following and you commenting, which means I got you, nigga. Fuck out of here. Hey, dirty. Nigga, I got your money. Got your money. Dirty. Fuck out of here. Um, PPS. Shout out to what little fans I did make on this podcast. And if you want to still check me, oh, now this nigga want to promote. Fuck out of here. I ain't giving your promotion out. Cut cut the commercial. Aries, tell them where they can find us. Yo, Spearsburg Pod, Instagram, Spearsburg Pod, uh, Patreon, Spearsburg Pod, YouTube, Spearsburg Pod, Facebook, Spearsburg Pod, Instagram, everything. Is Spearsburg Pod. Yes. There we Look go. Look how good we are today. Let's smooth, We're baby. getting our stuff done. Yeah. Nigga still want to use my platform sneakily to promote his shit. We see through you, baby. I recognize the blitz. Omaha, Omaha. Fuck out of here. All right. <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> oh. Did you get all that out? Yeah, I got it out, brother. Okay. All right. Uh, Talib Orotiwa. This nigga gotta be African. The danger of the white woman. The danger of the white woman. Uh, I love that pre in the fucking Wakanda Forever preview. I wish I could remember exactly how he said it. Fuck. Umbuku. Dukai. Dukara. The general. I don't know how I gotta get it. I like that shit though. The story of Emmett Till haunts me. I first heard about it in seventh grade in 2006 when my history teacher put on the PBS documentary about Emmett Till. What got me was his face when they found him. He looked inhuman. They beat him so bad, he almost looked like a doll prop. 
that was my first exposure to racism, slavery, and system, uh, systematic or systemic, systemic oppression. And I never looked at white people the same ever again. My parents never taught me about slavery, Jim Crow, or our people's past. I guess they wanted to protect me from the beast and let me keep my innocence for as long as possible. I believe in God uh, or some sort of cosmic force, but I believe it's evil. God can't be good with all the evil in the world and then the centuries of injustice for blacks and Native Americans. It seems like the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. Uh, but this motherfucker wants people to be good. It seems like the world runs off chaos and confusion. I like to think that whites will pay for their sins one day, but my faith is growing thin. My people find comfort and hope, but holding on to hope and constantly seeing no results is the greatest hell. Hello. The white woman has always been weaponized against the black man. The Scottsboro Boys, OJ, Emmett Till, the Central Park Five, Central Park Karen, and the countless causes, cases of black men and white women having consensual sex and then her calling rape. My first girlfriend was a white woman, and I cringe to this day. Uh, as I develop more self-love, as I learn about Egypt, Timbuktu, the Moors, uh, Carthage, Israel. Am I saying that right? Carthage? I don't know. Uh, I think it's Carthage, Israel, etc. I become more and more uncomfortable around her. We eventually broke up, and I'm glad. Uh, black men messing with white women or even being around them has led to three things. Them being robbed, imprisoned, or killed. They don't call her the black man's kryptonite for nothing. What's ironic about the situation is that the black man has been falsely accused of being a sexual predator towards, white, towards the white woman, but in reality, the white man is always a sexual predator to the black woman and still is, not just the black woman. Well, wherever the white man was sticking his flag, he was sticking his dick. It's all projection. Many black people, including me, have white slave master blood to prove it. All I can do is stay strong in Babylon and work towards a better future from Talib or Etiwa. Yeah, man, shit. Yeah. Well, I was uh potent. Yeah, I'll let you I'll let you address that one hundred percent. I you know, listen, you've already heard us talk about Till. And 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 we know that's always been, you know, the famous movie Rosewood with Ving Rames and Don Cheadle and Esther Roll and what's my man's name? John Voigt. Uh that whole story about, you know, the white woman told her husband she had been beaten and sexually assaulted by a black man, hence uh, Ving Rhames' character. And they burnt the whole city down and killed a lot of black folk looking for this ghost of a mysterious, alleged woman abuser. Uh, so yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, and what you said is factual. Uh, stay strong, Talib. Don't let him get to you, brother. You know? There's some good... Some good... Marshmallow women out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't all bad, nigga. You know, the bad stories are always going to come out to the top. Yeah. No one's going to say anything about the good stories. Right. You know, you if you have an interracial relationship and it's a good relationship and there's no problems and kids grow up and there's no problems and everything goes <laughs> fine, there's no story. There's no movie. Right. So, yeah, I, I understand what he was saying. I really do understand what he's saying. I, and, and, I, and, 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 
you know, and, and I just want to be careful how I said this, but okay, I'm not going to try to speak on anybody else's culture. In, Jew, in the Jewish culture, as it gets uh, smaller and smaller because Jews aren't necessarily marrying other Jews and that relationship is, uh, the, the number is dwindling down and, and the culture gets small, gets, gets eroded because of that. So I'm not going to disagree with what he said as far as like, if you can keep, and my mom was that way. My mom preferred like, if you, she would have liked me to, she, I have one Mexican girlfriend from, she really liked her, you know, like, I don't even think she met her. She liked knowing of her. She would have liked that. I, I get, I get all that. But again, we only hear we, in, bad stories make the news. There are plenty of good white people, brown people, black people, whatever people you want to make. There's plenty of them. No one's doing a movie about a nice person who had a nice life and was nice to other people. We, we, we focus very much on, on the horrid things that happen. And I'm not denying there's plenty of horrid things. I'm just saying when you, when you, put it in terms that way, you're eliminating a lot of people that actually want to be good to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and of course, you know, you, you you spoke to my soul when you talked about the religion thing, and I'm going to leave it at that because I already went off on that. Uh, so, I hear you, Talib. The Um, Angel X Santana. What up, A-N-A-L? What up? I, 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 oh, no, it, uh, it's Stan again, stalking his fave celebs. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Halloween ends. Sucks if you love Michael Myers. If you don't care, then it's just okay. Um, but anyway, just showing love. Keep doing your thing. I love you, Aries, and I love you, Andy. But peacefully, but be careful. I'm still crazy. <gasps> oh, boy. My gastrointestinal intestines are flaring up. I guess I should make an appointment to see the doctor. P.S. <laughs> uh, keep up the good work and thank you for reading my emails. One of my favorite podcasts, Spears and Steinberg. You got it, brother. I appreciate the love. Listen, if you want, nice. yeah, if you want to stalk somebody, I know a big fat nigga out of North Carolina whose windows you should be looking into. His name's the doctor. You'll probably see him in the basement uh, at 57 working on rap. All right. Um, hey, you know, maybe the doctor and I should team up, though. To do what? Two 57-year-olds. Nice. Making music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Apollo liftoff. Ooh. Oh, no. That's what, is that what you call an Apollo liftoff? Just a bit outside. Cleveland. Um, all right. Boldly follow. At least we're in your room this time. Yes. And it's a big fucking room, it so is. it can travel. Uh, Brother Aries, I've linked for you. It don't stink, Andy. I'm just making sure. All right. Because you're out of frame. I know. I don't want to know, though, if it stinks. All right. Uh, I've linked for you. My personal favorite, uh, Boldy James song, as per your request. I've also added a couple names to a little list for you to try sort of onto other shit. Did you see the interview of interview clip of Diddy saying New York had to be better? He was saying New York isn't the top dog for trends anymore. And in the music industry, they are hitting 
they are hidden like they, they aren't hitting like they used to. Uh, what's my man? Probably Baba is probably jumping up for joy right now. Um, he's not he's not too wrong. Uh, Atlanta specifically and Florida in general are really popping right now. Pop Smoke was an artist that was going to bring New York back to number one to many fans, but he was killed. New York is moving up, but it looks like they're about to stall. What are your thoughts on New York now compared to your era? Is there still New York and everyone else to you? Is there still New York versus everyone else? Oh, is there still New York versus everyone else to you? I wouldn't put it in a versus thing uh, because when you say that, you give off the impression uh, that I totally dislike everywhere else. I just think best spitters have come out of New York um, because that's where it started. So we take it to heart. Um, But all of this goes in, in trends and phases. Like I said, New York started it was the king that was the big bully on the block for a long time. And then the West Coast put their name on the map. And then the South put their name on the map. Um, and now uh, the young generation of today, uh, the, re- the retards have put their names on the map. You know, you're supposed to have retarded rap at some point. <laughs> Dude, if you, write, if you write that song, I think well, you could do something with it. Retarded rap? Yeah. Yeah. I got to figure that out. Brought to you by, uh, I got to figure it out. Yeah, but, but I, I agree that New York is not where it's coming from right now. Right. But uh, what's winning? Shit, I mean, you and, know. And, and and what are you winning with the, with the style that's out right now? Right. Um, <clears throat> Sean Creed. Uh, good day, A&A Squared. Here's a short and sweet email. Creed 3. Uh, think it's going to be good or is the story getting exhausted at this point? Also heard no Rocky in this one. Not even a cameo. Good day, sir. Uh, from the previews, it don't look like it's not going to be good. Um, yeah, it looks intriguing. I'm intrigued. Um, the real question is, where does it go from here? Uh, because I'm telling you, man, after three, things start feeling gimmicky. Like with Rocky 1, of course, again, always said Rocky 3 was the more entertaining film. Rocky 1 was the better movie in terms of story and writing. Rocky 2 was just as powerful as Rocky 1. Uh, Rocky 3 was now, it's the big show, Mr. T, the glitz and glamour. Then by Rocky 4, it got hacky to me uh, with the Russian. That's why I always say I like Rocky 5 better than 4 because it brought it back down to reality. Um, so this is Creed's, this could be Creed's crescendo, this third one. Now the fourth one, now we might start, might start coming off like caked up diarrhea on an old person's ass in a nursing home with Aries in it. <laughs> I, I think the storylines, you know, th- this one looks good, mm-hmm. but the story isn't, you know, is it, the, I haven't seen it, but does it look like it's going to be the most original story that you're going to be no, mind blown? No, certainly not. There, it's it's, it's going to be, it's formulaic and it's going to get more formulaic as it goes right. along. So right. that's your, I, I agree with you. I think once you get to a certain place, you know, it's not like Halloween where you're making them just because and people go see them just because. Right. You need more in this. Right. Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jay Lamont. I think this is a reference to Andy. Uh, Race Gumbo Part 2. All right. This is the third time he's done this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> right when it starts with, he's done, done this. this. We know who you're talking about. And each time, it's like hearing nails on the chalkboard. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, in this episode, Andy says, white culture doesn't exist anywhere else but in America. Black culture doesn't exist anywhere else but in America. Then he says, the biggest export from this country is black culture. Yo, Aries, every time this mofo does this get ran foots or you have no say in the matter. Wait, every time this mofo does this. Oh, get ran foots or you have no say in the matter to hit this cracker in the neck with a trank dart. He switches his perspectives like a woman so quickly and damn it, you keep missing it. Uh, the true whites, the Burt Bridgewaters, the Bobby Pattersons, Rhett Butlers, don't have a culture outside of what came from the British and Europe. Historically, they're just pillaged. They've just pillaged other cultures and borrowed from others, which is why Andy's Neapolitan Neapolitan white ass keeps trying to claim hip hop as American culture. Then he puts the initials, which stand for get the fuck out of here. You keep uh, conflating citizenship with culture. Just because it was created on U.S. soil does not make hip hop American. Hip-hop was created using foreign cultural elements. It is more African than anything. I dare you to try and debate me on this. It came from Jamaica and Puerto Ricans helped birth it. But are we going to sit here and act like every component from graffiti, DJing, b-boying to MCing is American? How, Sway? If it was American, y'all motherfuckers would be able to dance to it. It's African. You can't, uh, you can't have it and you have no say in the matter. Uh, I have a brother who's Ethiopian, birthed on U.S. soil. By your logic, his culture would also be American. It is not. They upload all their cultural values daily. In the Netherlands, the cultural diversity is mixed with Turkish, uh, Surinamese. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Surinamese, German, Aruban, uh, goddamn, Kurokoan, and others. Although everyone in this country speaks Dutch and is considered to be Dutch, the Dutch ain't claiming their culture or anything they create while in this country. America is devoid of culture. I strongly believe you've been overexposed to Aries' highly concentrated butt fumes, and it's become evident that now it's acting as a psychedelic. Not even KRS, the teacher, would let that nonsense keep, you keep spewing fly. Culture is music, language, dress, traditions, art, and food. The only culture America has is country music. But then again, black people were the cowboys. So what do y'all really have? Meatloaf? Not even the Scandinavian. So maybe just the accent and Ford pickup trucks. Respectfully, the cipher. He forgot the easy one, which would have been apple pie. But that's German, too. Mm. Uh, but he forgot hot dogs and hamburgers. And you could say that hot dogs are German, but American hot dogs are American hot dogs. They're very different. Um, 
you're looking at it from your point of view, which is a nice point of view. But when you look at it from the rest of the world, hip hop culture came from the Bronx. Well, America right. it happens to reside in the Bronx. So you're looking at it from your point of view of where it came from, how it got built, how it got made. But all those ingredients were put in a pot and, and, and somehow you don't see that we're putting a pot in America. Uh, and then once it got put out now where it was created, how it got brought out and then how does it get purchased and paid and then sent out? That's part of the problem. So I can't, if you're saying that, uh, uh, it, it's being exported by America. Then how's that? Does that make you feel any better about it? Hip hop culture is exported by America. The only culture, and I've said this, but I, apparently you didn't hear that. The only culture that exists in the United States, it's authentic culture of the United States is black culture. The reason I said black culture is because even though you brought it from other places, it was rerooted here. It was regrown here. And it had to be because you were brought American how, how many years? What? First of all, I got it's so hard for me to do this because then we have to go back even further. It isn't about 13 colonies. We understand that the Dutch were here. We understand that the Spanish were here. Do we understand that this wasn't 13 colonies in the United States and this all, and then they just expanded and took over all this land? We do understand that we bought it from the French, right? Do we understand this? Do we understand how this place occurred? So all of this and everything that you said makes up what America is, which is called everything. And it's supposed to be a melting pot. It's supposed to be a melting pot. But in that, because like you did say, we took it from other places because we didn't really take it. We brought it over here when everybody came over. Black culture wasn't allowed to exist because it was because blacks were stolen. And when they're brought here, they weren't allowed to exercise their culture. So they made as they as like I said, rerouted, regrown, built another culture. And that is the dominant culture in this country. So I don't understand how would I said is is horrible to you, number one. And number two, doesn't make any sense to you, number two. Uh, I, I, I didn't say that uh, w white culture, when I said white culture and black culture only exist here is because other people see themselves as their cultures. You, anytime you said another country and then you brought people from the other country, you name their culture, their country that they're from. That's, that's just kind of how you do this shit, dude. I don't know what to tell you. This is the only place where we, where we say we describe each other as black and white the, the same way. When you go outside to Europe and white dudes and you say, bring up black issues that are happening in America, white dudes out there will say, don't put that on me. I'm not from there. I come from this country. We didn't have these issues. Not all those countries. Some of those countries have the same issues that this country has. But you, you're trying to round this about up in one sentence, and it's so much more complicated than that. And I'm saying something very simple. The only true culture that came here in an original form, even though it was influenced and all cultures are influenced by other cultures, was black culture. I don't know what makes you so mad about that. But it's the only one that grew up out of this ground that's original, that came from what was basically, I have nothing and I made a culture. It's pretty impressive is really what it is, but you, you take it however you want to take it. I don't know what I said that infuriated you in there. What's the, what is it? Listen, um, if I'm hearing you right, you know, you're giving us our just due. I think so. Uh, so, uh, how, it, how you give it to me. Uh, I don't know that I'm too caught up in that as long as you give it to me. 
But I, there's I, a lot of white folks that don't want even want to give it to us. But I, I just don't understand. And, and there is. Listen, I don't pretend again to be the smartest dude when it comes to this type of shit. But I mean, I, I you know, yes, hip hop, the drums, the day, African, yes. But it was actually as where it comes from, yes. But it was made here. Yeah, it was developed here, and, and and it was blacks and Puerto Ricans, and you can mix those two together if you want to to make this because you said everybody, you the way you were naming them, I put them together right now for you. Yeah, but the influence, there's always an influence. I, I don't, I don't really get what I've said that made you mad though. Like, like you write these long emails. I got a feeling another one's coming. Okay, good. he's gonna write another one. Yeah, I, I don't explain it to me better than man. Explain it to me because what you just you just I still don't even really grasp everything that he put in there. Right. I, I, what I would love to know, um, brother, uh, are you like I, I, I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm curious. What's your background? Because you sound like you know what you're talking about. But what's your background as far as that kind of stuff goes? Is that a major of yours? How, how do you know? Like, what, what, what's your background on how you? are intellectually uh, able to spew that. And, and, and there is an American culture, by the way. That it, 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 but like s- football on Sunday, that's American culture now. You realize that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anything gets more American than pickup trucks, pickup trucks and football. Black people and white people drive pickup trucks. Black people and white people play football. Black people and white people watch I football. I know niggas have been drugged from pickup trucks. <laughs> I don't know that niggas have driven pickup trucks. I, I just, I, I understand. I, I think he's taken a very complex issue and he tried to put it into a lot of paragraphs. There is nothing more American than pickup trucks, football, and white titties. <laughs> yeah! That's America. You want to know what America is? America's pickup trucks, hot wings, hot dogs, white women, White titties and fucking football, the American fucking flag. That's what's America. God damn it. Dude, you said uh, chicken wings. And I was just thinking about this because do you know what a French chicken wing, a French wing is? A French wing? That's a gay chicken wing. They take the, the drum that you like and they cut all of it off. So you see all the bone. Just the bone, like a lollipop. And that's what they're called, lollipops. Yeah, that's and called. just have the meat on the very top. That's called homosexual chicken because it looks like a penis. I, I could just imagine you in a restaurant and they brought you these the French-style wings with, in those lollipop forms and you saw that bone. I'd tell them, shove it up your fucking ass because that's not America. I would love God it. damn it. My name is Pete Johnson and I'm a racist American. I might, might develop this character so I can hang out with the rest of the fucking homies, as the goddamn silverback people say. Fucking Burt Bridgewater, Bobby fucking Patterson, Rhett Butler, and me. What did I say my name was? Uh, Pete. I said Pete so. Pete Patterson? No, not no, Pete, Pete Patterson. Pete. Damn, you might as well be a nigger Jew. Can't even remember shit. You like those goddamn people. <laughs> you, you better give him a harder name. Like that's that's more like a rusty. What's a what's a red tr- uh, uh, 
track trailer trash name. Stop it, Early. Yeah, my name's Pete Early. God damn it. Early. Not like them niggers who come late. I'm early. <laughs> okay. yeah, that one I think will write itself. God yeah, damn it. Pete Early. That's my name. And I got to give him a, a woman, a girlfriend, a wee beats. No, Early. Don't talk like that. Shut up, bitch. It's a Sue, Sue something. That's her name? It's a Sue Ellen or something. Sue Ellen, mind your, <laughs> mind your goddamn business and make me a spam sandwich with mayonnaise. <laughs> right away, Early. Pete Early. God damn it. Pete Early and Sue Ellen. That's who the fuck we are. He's mad that she's wearing shoes. You got shoes? You fuck got? you doing with shoes on. <laughs> You know I like you to dirty up the mattress with your gas station feet. None sex your baby when you go take a piss in a gas station bathroom barefoot and your bottom of your feet look like Louis Armstrong. I love it when your feet look black and dirty like Gary Coleman's afro. Come here, sugar. Kiss me before I punch you in the mouth. I love you, early, And I love the fact that you ain't got no fucking teeth. So when I kiss you, my tongue slips right past your fucking throat. Dude, uh, what was the voice of the guy that beat up his girl at that comedy show that you told me about a long time ago? Was that his voice? No, when? In Memphis? No, the one where you told me that the dude uh, got mad because the girl, your girl, the, his girl said that she... That was Memphis. That was Memphis. And he beat her up in the pickup truck. But did she what did you hear his voice? Did, he, did you hear him talk? I, I don't remember, but that's oh. him. Yeah, that's it. That's his character, man. It would be great if you had that. That's voice. right, god damn it. Fuck take my girl to a monkey show and she's laughing at the monkeys. Fuck are you doing? Knock you the fuck out. <laughs> now I'm gonna go drink some beers with my best friend. It's the only black friend I got. Who are you talking about early? Goddamn Ronald Williams. <laughs> we can go for punch for punch. We can go punch for punch while drinking punch. <laughs> <laughs> I told him last time we went to a goddamn New Year's Eve party, spiked the punch, and the girl drank the punch, and I said either the punch will knock you out or the punch will knock you out. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if this is gonna be good or bad, but I, I'm, I'm. That's fun. That's a fun <laughs> character, dude. <laughs> oh, all right, uh, Xavier Henderson. Goddamn, the quarterback is toast. Right outside Cleveland. What up, flatulent gas god Aries and aroma endurance master Handy? <laughs> Yo, I still can't get over the podcast email episode when Andy responded to Prabha Baba however you spell his name, and basically put his Jewy nuts on the table. Pause. The way Andy said proper bobber so white, it sounded like a commercial for a popcorn commercial. <laughs> uh, like proper bobber, proper pop popcorn. Uh, may have it with a side of A-N-A-L, although Evit. Usually when Aries says proper bobber, it sounds like a newly introduced Fat Albert ca- character. Hey, hey, hey. Anybody seen proper bobber? <laughs> uh, it sounds all right, uh, Anyway, dude, I've been MIA since that email, which was maybe a month ago. Ronald since the Ronald Chronicles and one of the dudes recommending Instagram models. Um, Also, 
as far as I can recall, I don't think the doctor was the exact first featured, oh shit, on the pod. If my memory serves me, I remember Aries featuring your daughter and her group episodes before. I don't know if that's true, dog. By the way, what happened to her rap group or just her rapping in general? She's in, you know, studio wasting daddy's money. <laughs> She's better than most that have been featured since. Okay, I'm out, y'all. Hope this email isn't too long. Keep the pods coming. Exame. Oh, man, you just made Dr. Write a, he's about to uh, write another email <laughs> right now because you said that. You see what you just caused? Him? He's gonna send in. He's gonna send in uh, episodes and, and timestamps, timestamps, quotes. Gurby Gurby Marcellus. Damn, how you say that name? G U E R B Y. Gurby Gurby probably Gurby. Sound like a jazz artist. <clears throat> hey, how you guys doing? Uh, it's Mitch McConnell. Uh, no, that's a breath. That's a fucking. That's a, yeah. yes. He wouldn't have a smooth jazz voice. No, no, no. Hey guys, how you doing? This is uh, Terrence Lightning uh, right now coming up on the Jazz Hour. This is Gerby Marcellus. You might remember Gerby uh, back in 1994 uh, with Etha Hathaway and John Pincock over at the France Quartet. Uh, the great band trio. Uh, Silk, playing their number one hit song, The Absence of the Heart Growing Fonder. Coming up right now is his new track entitled uh, Silk Pajamas. With feats. With feats. <laughs> <laughs> With feet on the trombone. Uh, get ready to enjoy. This is, this is going to be a doozy. Uh, Gerby Marcellus. I'm sorry, folks. You know, in the attempt to be funny, um, I guess the doctor was right. There are moments where I have genius and there are moments where the sculpture just doesn't come together. Uh, but that's subjective, fool. We'll let you decide. Uh, I can see doctor in his basement right now all along writing. This shit wasn't funny, partner. Uh, what's up, Aries and Andy? First time writing in. Love the show. Been listening so long. I feel like I know you guys personally. I remember you brought up the movie Angel Heart. You have to watch it again. I have to fast forward to that scene because the movie ain't worth watching until Lisa Bonet gets fucked very aggressively. That's how I fuck Sue Ann. Aggressively. Do a couple of goddamn wrestling moves then I pile drive my cock into that fucking pussy. I love when you do that early. Feels so good. It's my dick like a Ford 150. Once I put the gas on that bitch and mash down, I'm going to destroy your whole fucking body. Correct. Sorry, Andy. That's, that's for me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, Angel Heart. Any desire to see that again? Do you even remember it? Yeah, I remember it because Lisa Bonet's in it. Yeah. Uh, and man, and Lisa Bonet and what's the dude name? Rourke, right? Yeah, Rourke, Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Yeah. Why does he look like a melted candle, nigga? Because he had bad plastic surgery. Damn, and he was a you know for what he was as a rugged man in the eighties. Yeah, he fit the bill. Dude, uh, where was I? 
the worst movie that I've ever seen. One of the worst movies. There's there's a lot of bad movies. This is one of the worst though. Uh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Mm, Don, I know that title. I never saw it. Don Johnson. Don right? Johnson and, and Mickey Rourke. Oh man, it was horrible. Really horrible. Only only outdone recently that I saw uh, this movie called Tusk, and it's uh, uh, Smith. The guy did uh, Clerks. That guy, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Right. Who I think is great. But he, he doesn't, he's, he's never really done anything outside of that. Well, he's and, the, and, and his second Clerks wasn't good to me as the first one. No, but they did Mall Rats. They did some other, he did some other movie. He writes on some, he's, 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 his dialogue is interesting. I, I like him. But he did this movie called Tusk, 2014 movie. Uh, I can't even explain this, but it's about uh, a serial killer, but. He 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 turned people into walruses. What? Yeah, man, I can't really explain it any better than that. I I watched it just because I couldn't believe it. Like I kind of came into it when it had already started, and I'm kind of like, what? And then the more I was like, what? And then the more <laughs> I couldn't turn, I like, what? But I just couldn't believe they got made. Mm. Like millions of dollars go into people don't I don't know how many people understand this. It costs millions of dollars to make a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they spent, I forgot what he said. I don't, I don't know. It was nine, 13 million. <clears throat> this movie, it, it has to be, that one has to be worse than the, I don't know. You can check it out. You know how they say things are subjective? Mm -hmm. I don't know about this one. This one might not have any subjectivity at all. This could be the worst one ever. This movie? Early. It's date night, baby. You said we was going to watch a movie on Netflix. I got a movie that was told to me by somebody. It's called Tusk. I want to see that fucking movie. Sound like a bunch of Africans riding elephants. <laughs> okay, this is from Emmanuel. Sorry, folks. I'm trying to figure this out. I like there's something to me about this. That if it's done right, I think this character could be as popular as Bobby Patterson. It just I gotta find the right beats and the right amount of funny violence. All right, um, that to me is the mark of genius: is when you can take a subject and it's taboo and deemed dangerous. Yeah, that's and make it funny. That's the best. Like abortion. I know this character is like a he's a domestic abuser, but you know he's got a loving heart. You know, <laughs> I don't think so. Hurley, I know you have a loving heart. Why can't you just show it to me? When I'm fucking dead, I want you to cut my chest open with a chainsaw. And then you'll see my fucking heart. Like, Archie Bunker was a lovable racist. Yes. This dude is not lovable. Not lovable at all. No, no. Right. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. All right. Emmanuel Gomes, quarantine time. Coke. Uh, oh, Andy's going to be able to Check these boxes if this is accurate. Coke. Coke makes your dick super soft too. Also, I believe, also, I believe you, Jimmy Walker. Oh, also, I believe you. Jimmy Walker was a Sambo type character. No real people walk and talk like that unless they are handicapped or slow somehow. Also, I'm trying to do my acting thing. Really like the warnings you left about the industry. You have thick skin and keep your head up. Thanks again. Andy is killing it. I love Coke. <laughs> I love it how he just started it off though. But right, right, right. Coke makes your dick super soft. Now, now, not when you're young. No. Mm. Mm. It makes it harder. 
Well, you get your heart rate up. You know, your blood pumping. Fuck that. Uh, I just like to keep chilling. I love Coke. <laughs> yeah, he ends it. I love Coke. Dude, did you know Jimmy Walker is 77? He looks good for... Uh, no, he never looked 77. good. No, he never looked for good. For 77. He never looked good ever. <laughs> but he's 77. He, you, know, you know what is good? His voice. His you know voice. when people get older, their voice change? Uh-huh. He still sounds robust. Robust. Hmm. Hmm. He just does the commercials now for insurance or whatever. And then he says dynamite at the end, yeah. and then it ruins everything for me. It makes me just sad. Yeah. Uh... Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. I'm trying to avoid. I mean, I, D- D- uh, Devon, curse. Uh, we got you in the, in the rotation, brother. I just, you know, I'm trying to give other people some light. Like my man complained that we don't give other people light. Uh, but I'm going to read your shit. And, and, by, and, and by the way, because I know on your shit it says Black Adam, a.k.a. Superman of the ROC. And we just saw Black Adam. Um, let me see. Deidre and Johnson. Uh, episodes 406 and 407. I'm loving how you guys go off the rails and off topic. <laughs> it just shows how much you both have evolved as partners. The chemistry is apparent. Uh, 406. During the conversation about Hollywood and the standard of beauty upheld for women versus men and some actresses who are working, who didn't adhere to that standard, you mentioned Jenny McCarthy. Did I? Uh, not, I don't remember mentioning Jenny McCarthy. It's Jenny McCarthy. But, oh, I think you meant Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. I mentioned her or you did? No, you did, I think. I don't remember mentioning her. But all right, but who was hilarious and who has actually lost quite a bit of weight. <clears throat> I know Michelle Pfeiffer. Gina Davis, Meg Ryan, and then she puts in uh, parentheses, bad plastic surgery. And Melanie Griffin, and then she puts in parentheses, but she spells out bad plastic, plastic surgery. surgery. Uh, aren't working as much as they once did, but Meryl Streep, Helen Mirren, Julianne Moore, Susan Sarandon, Emma Thompson, and Alfre Woodard are still working. Before we hop on to our next thing, now see, and that's fucked up that you have to be in a business where you feel compelled just to keep food on your table to alter your fucking face. Yep. Uh, which again, which is why I said, I think being a woman is incredibly hard. Uh, Cause like I said, between uh, periods, menopause, hot flash, standard of beauty, sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment, domestic violence. You just, God damn, boy, y'all, the, the potential dangers. Um, but then I'm going also, uh, when you look at a Meryl Streep, a Helen Mirren, a Julia Moore, a Susan Sarandon, Alfre Woodard, I would almost think to make the argument, is it that their talent is just far so superior that that's why they're the fortunate ones who keep working and the other ones just weren't as good talent wise. So it was more dependent on their looks. I don't know, man. Because there's some other there, there's some other actresses that aren't named there. I, I don't know about. I, I I guess it's how you get cast, though, on what kind of movies you get cast for. If you get cast in a movie where you're the good looking, whatever, whatever. I don't I don't know whatever part you're playing the the wife or the the secretary the the boss whatever it is, and 
you know, they have, you know, you know how Hollywood likes to put you back in a similar type of experience if it makes right. money. So if that's what you you do, three, four, five of those in a row. Now you're ten, five of them on five of those in a row can be ten years later, and now right. your face looks different. This the, the the thing for women that sucks the most to me about the act about being an actress is a man in his sixties could still be the leading man in the, in yeah. the movie. The woman can't. It's not that she couldn't be, but isn't. Right. Uh, th- there's no place. There's no movies that are being made. And, and I, I'm going to be really honest, though. In life, is there really the the 70 year old woman that's the the lead? Right. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure there are. There's women that are successful in business, but would that make them? If you did the movie, do you? St- they're still tough to make the lead. Listen, I know this is subjective, but, you know, those actresses that she named, Meryl Streep, Helen Mirren, Julia Moore, Susan Sarandon, Emma Thompson, Alfre Woodard, and we know that this is a superficial business, and it's a business about beauty. Are those women drop-dead, knock-you-off-your-feet, stunning, gorgeous, where you might look at a young Julia Roberts or a young... Uh, what's her name? The girl who I love uh, so much. Uh, Sandra, what's my girl? Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Uh, Halle Berry. You know, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like those women are so stunningly gorgeous that it's almost like they get cast first because of looks, then talent. Whereas the Meryl Streep's and a Susan Sarandon. Now we talking about powerhouse chops. Well. I think you, when you, when you look at, I don't know. Charlize Theron. Yeah, but Charlize Theron started off young. She's still, she's still. No, but but to my point though, we're talking about those are women that are like from, in terms of beauty in your face. Obvious. So if that's who you obviously are, when you lose that luster, how can you be cast for those same kind of things? You can't. But when you, so when you don't look like that and all you have is your chops, you can always rely on well, that. And I always think that unique looking people, uh, and I know you said creatures, but I'm just going I'm, to, I'm, for women, I'm just going to say unique. Like, I, I just pulled up someone that I think is, that fits that because. Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin. She's a woman that has a unique look, but it was, there was something sexy about her, but she. When she but, was younger. Yeah, but you can keep sexy even when you get older. Maybe it's not the same kind of sexy, but you can kind of hold on. Right. That you, you don't lose it if you, if you. Uh, sorry, there's a line in that 40 year old virgin. Is it true? If you don't use it, you lose mm-hmm. it. Uh, no, but I think you can, I think you can maintain, you can't always, let me rephrase this. I'll rephrase it this way. You can't always keep your good looks, but you can hold on to sexy a lot longer. Okay. I'll give you that because you know what was on TV the other day? Uh, Ellen Barkin was in, uh, which is a great movie that you and I have never talked about that I'm sure some people would love us to talk about Brooklyn's finest. You know that movie? No, I didn't see it. With Wesley Snipes, Don Cheadle, powerhouse cast, Richard Gere, Ellen Barkin, I, I see, I Ethan Hawke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She plays the, and I'm only using this word because that's how her character has even got, comes across, especially by from Don Cheadle's perspective. She she's she's a police boss, but she comes off very cunty and bitchy and nasty. And because I like a little bit of that, that's sexy to me. But is she the Ellen Barkin with the super tight skin from her early days? You can clearly see her age. So 
you know, she's one of those that once upon a time ago, she was in the rotation heavy. And then she kind of dropped off. And I can't help but believe part of that is because of... But if you're cast for your sex appeal, and I shouldn't say for your beauty, and as you age, all of our beauty, you know, men are women. They change, but men become... Celebrated? I think it's... The, a man can have gruffness to their look that can that is still... It, it feels like men are... And I'm stealing a little bit from Patrice here, but the second part I'm stealing from Patrice. Men can be appreciated like wine. The older they get, the more vintage and regal. Women age like bread. <laughs> but because women are, 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 especially in this industry, women are, their looks are, obviously the looks are one of the first things that they're, that they're up there for. But when, you, and so as that teeters, that may change. But I mean, who's the, who, what's, I'm going to forget her name, Mary with children. Uh, oh God! Oh God! God! Oh, she fucking also Sons of Anarchy, and she was in and in Sons of Anarchy, she still had her sexy. She was yes. they let her be old. Yeah, they let her be older. They What's let her, her be name. Just put married with children cast. Oh God! Now I can't believe I can't. I always talk about her all the time. Bundy, her name Bundy. Oh, this is fucking pissing me off. Cast of married with children. Peg, Peg Bundy, Katie Seagal, Katie Seagal. God damn it. She, you know, she's older. She's definitely older. She's, right. but she's, she still kept her sexy, man. Yeah. And there's, I, I think that's what it is. You have to have something to keep pulling you in as you get older. I think it is easier for guys because guys mature into some more sex appeal as they get older. Right. Where women are, are and then that's why I, and I think that's a big mistake when some of these people that have always looked good go to get these. Uh, procedures and it, and it messes them up. Now I see guys. There's a lot of guys that you'll see that are getting older now that will get like the obvious things, the eyes because the the eyebrows right. are starting to fall into their right. you know eye socket area. Right. So they're getting that stuff done. And so that's men and women. I can understand that from a perspective of being on television where you're trying to at least appear like you're not shriveling. <laughs> Dude, if I if I had Tom Cruise money, Tom Cruise career. At some point, I mean, unless you just are so passionate about this craft of yours, to go under the knife, I would just be like, man, I've made enough money. Either they're going, I'm going to work looking like as is, or I'm done. Like, it just, to go under the knife just so you can do what? Get more money? You're already rich. You're already rich beyond your wildest dreams. You can retire. But if you were at home. And you were you were done. You made all the money you wanted to make. You were done, but your face started to turn into a sharpay. And now you don't What's see a sharpay. Those those wrinkly dogs. Uh oh. Okay. Ooh. And so like you're like the you're not pugs, right? Not pugs, but they're all wrinkly. But and now you, it's it's almost hard to see because your eyebrow has drooped right. into your. Right. You wouldn't you wouldn't consider. Well, maybe when you go, it's hard to see. Maybe to be able to see some reason so I can function. But just to be in a movie or so keep a career? You wouldn't do it for looks. For functionality, you would do it. For functionality, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I think that that's the way that it should be. But, you know, this is entertainment. They they pay, they pay. want you to look. They're selling an image. She, wrote, she writes, leading men are allowed to grow older without plastic surgery. For example, Clint Eastwood and Sean Connery, who actually became even more handsome as he aged. That's the line but they're not allowed to get fat. 
um, 407. Uh, well, and Clint Eastwood, boy, it, but he looked like it's upper room time. Like his last movie, nigga, that it's like any moment. Dude, he, uh, but he's one of those guys where the eyes are starting to really. Oh, his eyes are Ch- Chinese now. This shit is shut. Yeah. Uh, and he was a dude where back in his 20s, yeah. he was the dude. Yeah. Uh, 407, regarding the last email from Sarah. Uh, many people had slaves, but the type of slavery was very different. That was practice in America, primarily the fact that they were still considered humans and not animals. Chattel. 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 Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Chattel. Uh, the way that that they were here. And see, that's what it is. That's the point I, 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 I've, all, I've always been, I've always wanted to make when people go, uh, when white people go, black people sold black people into slavery. But I didn't know that. But I knew that. But I didn't know that. I didn't know it was ch- chattel. Chattel slavery. Chattel. And I knew that, yes, black people did, but they weren't inhumanely treated like fucking animals. Well, and that's why I said, and I said it on this podcast that she said, you said, well, was it worse here in America? And I said, yes. And that's why we owe more for it. This is what we owe for. Right. This is, uh, I don't want to, I, I, we don't, I don't want to get into a whole racial thing at the end of this podcast, but at, at the, the last thing she says okay, is regarding capitalism. I think that what we need is a social democracy in conjunction with capitalism like in some Scandinavian countries. It's a social safety net and it needs to, we have it already, but we have to expand on it and run it better. Our social security is that social uh, social safety net. That That is part of what we do. Food stamps is part of that. Uh, EBT cards, man, that's what this is, where you got to protect, you got to take care of others. But here's here's some of the issues that I, I, would, I, I would wonder. Um, I think straight capitalism without pride and, and pride's a weird word. I don't know if I should use pride. Without belief in... Okay, this, this is... I was in... Uh, when I was in Rome, uh, they were talking about cleaning the Colosseum. And the government doesn't have money just to clean the Colosseum, even though, you know, they, go, they make money off of it. It's a tourist mm-hmm. attraction. People come to see it. It's studied. It's very... You know, it's important. It's a... Re, it's a re, you know, it's history. It's a relic of, of, of past times. Uh, the guy who owns uh, Todd Shoes. He gave them, I don't know how many millions of dollars to do some of the cleaning. He's, he's, he's very well off. It's so, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that have you know, enough money. And so you have to have some amount of, of, of not only pride in your country, but in humanity, uh, some love for other people. And I think capitalism works as long as you have that. But when you are only concerned about a, a, a number on a bottom line, that won't work for you because if you believe in where you, this is my, my problem right now. And this is the easiest way that I can explain it. I have a really hard time when we go to DC, one of my favorite places to go do comedy and it's Washington, DC. It's the United States of America. We talk about freedom and opportunity and there's rows and rows and different areas of nothing but homeless tents. Make that make sense to me. This is this is this is where it's supposed to be happening at Washington D.C. This is the nation's capital. We're supposed to be this place, and capitalism. We talk about it, and I, and I, I'm all for capitalism. I'm not, but there has to be a sense of of community and and human pride, and 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 it can't just be straight up. I'm rich. You have to have some pride in, in where you live, in your neighborhood, in in your country, and. And the people that surround you and wanting to be what good, because 
it makes no sense to me that I can go to the nation's capital, our nation's capital, with everything that we say about who we are. Right. And we talk about inflation and we're not going to be able to do that. There's already a group of people that are, that are camped out on the lawns in tents, living, living, you know, I shouldn't say living, existing, existing there. That, that makes no sense to me. So if that's the weakness, if that's the flaw in capitalism, yes, we do need a safety net. I'm all for that. But I, I, we have to go back to to some part where it's not just about the number. It's also about the community. It's about us as people. Um, it's great that somebody can have, I think it's, I don't have any problem with someone having billions of dollars. They work for it. And billions of dollars don't actually exist all the time. When you hear someone's worth X amount of dollars, it's worth it because it's in some imagine it's, it's in stock. It's never been taken out in cash. It's owed. Uh, it, it's, it's a valuation. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, I, I, to come from a country that someone could go from working hard to getting some to, to an idea and making that idea worth something. And, and that you can make money and that's what, and capitalism, because you can do that spurs new ideas because you want, you, you, you want to achieve because you want to get up that next rung of the ladder. You want to go up. So it, it, it entices you to want to do more in that idea, unless you're in a place where you can't go any further because there's no option for you. And that's what, that's the, the part of capitalism that makes it tough because you can be left out. But if there was some more community pride and pride in your country, pride in what who you are besides the numbers, I think that it it, it can work. I, I that's how I believe it. But I, I I'm so disappointed when I see that that someone he everyone's entitled to what they can make. I, I believe that you put the effort in, you put the you worked, you made it. That's you, you that's yours. But if you just keep it and you go buy a huge yacht so that you can feel good about yourself, but you don't want to do anything for the community that made it possible for you to have that, I think that's where we get lost. <laughs> so to all the, I really like her emails when she hits them up like this, but yeah, as far as, uh, I, w- I would like to talk more about um, what you just said when white people say this. White people say a lot of things. Yes, there are black people. Black people sold black people from Africa, but they never knew that they were going to be used in, ch- in, in chattel slavery. There, there's actually, uh, you, there's documentation where they, when they find out that that's how they were used, that they would have never, that would that those tribes would have never let that happen. So you could make all the arguments for it, and let's make the argument for it. Let's say that they did know, and let's say that it was, it, it doesn't make it any writer. It doesn't make it any just because someone else, someone that looked like someone else did it, doesn't make it right. Like I said, my gun analogy store going, you know, you know, just because the owner sold the gun, I mean, can't just say, uh, you know, let's go get the owner. Well, maybe I'm fucking that up now, but y'all know what the fuck I meant. Hey, there, there, it, this, but you know what? We're on a podcast. We're two comedians, and these are very complicated issues. And sometimes they take more than uh, just two guys sitting around on a Zoom six. Giving him, you know, having an idea, another thought, and so I appreciate when people write in, even when they don't like me or don't like what I say. It's it it spurs other conversation. If you like, uh, if you like our podcast, you like listening to it, cool. If you don't like listening to it, why are you still listening, Doctor? <laughs> are we done? I think we're done. All right, let me give you some dates. You're listening to this on the tenth. If you got it when it was fresh. 
we're going to be. Uh, oh, you listen to it on 10th. We're at Chuckles in uh, Tennessee. Uh, Memphis, so when they're Tennessee. listening to this, we're actually there. We're actually there. Are we doing Thursday through Sunday? Yes, man. Jesus. Thursday through Sunday. Chuckles. That's what, six shows? Six shows. Damn. You know why we don't t- do 10 shows? Why? Because I don't want to kill myself. Shit. Uh, 18th to the 20th. Listen, Chuckles, I, li- I, I actually like being out there. I just don't. My funny doesn't always come through. I apologize. I'm going to work at it. I hope I have great shows. I'm going <laughs> to give you the best I got. If it ain't good enough, I apologize in advance. Uh, Tampa Improv, 18th to the 20th of November. We're going to be out there. Followed by Thanksgiving weekend. Aries is going to be at Helium in Indianapolis, uh, the 25th through the 27th. I am going to be at the Tempe Improv with Adam Ferreira. Uh, you might know him from uh, Top Gear on the History Channel. Uh, I'll be with him. Uh, so I'm going to be celebrating my uh, Thanksgiving with my boys out there. Uh, December 1st through the 4th, we're going to be at the Ontario Im- uh, Ontario Improv back in California. We don't get out to California very much anymore. No. So it, I'm excited to be out there. It's one of my favorite rooms. So uh, again, please come out the 1st through the 4th of December. Uh, then uh, I'm just going to tell you we're going to be at Magoobies. Baltimore! For our very uh, special Merlin New Year's show. But we're going to be there the 29th to the 31st. If you don't have New Year's plans, come out and see us. It's a fun It's it, it's a fun night to come see a comedy show on New Year's. You can toast. You can get, order a bottle of champagne. You can listen to some people be funny. Uh, and you don't have to say anything. The beauty is you don't say anything. Early. One day, will we ever have a yacht? You want a fucking yacht? Next time it fucking thunderstorms, take her goddamn mattress, throw it on a puddle, and sit in the fucking rain. Now we got a fucking yacht. You know who's the inspiration for me for this character? Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear that. I just, bad Santa, dude. Yeah. The fuck you talking about? God damn it, he goddamn yacht. If it's Billy Bob Thornton instead of yacht, she goes, no, but I got a submarine right here that will shove up your ass. Oh, what? A submarine right here that I'm going to shove right. up your ass. You want a fucking yacht? I got a submarine I can shove up your ass, and when I throw you in the river, you'll fucking float. But early, submarines don't float. They go beneath the water. Well, now tire fucking bench press to your goddamn neck. All right. I, I I think you might find some more funny if it's a little bit more subtle. <laughs> more subtle. All right. <laughs> uh, Who you got? Um, Early, the court said that if next time you hit me, if I have any bumps, or bruises, or black eyes, that they're going to put you in jail. You know, there's ways around that. My fucking Jew friend told me to be subtle. So I'll tie a pillow to your face and punch the pillow. That way there's no fucking marks. I was never intended to hit you. I only intended to hit the pillow. I never intended to hit her, judge. I intended to hit the fucking pillow. She just was on the other side. Her and her stupid face. Her and her stupid fucking face. He loves me, judge. We fucking were 
been together since fucking grade school. I used to shove my goddamn graham crackers down her throat. Chase, uh, you won't be disappointed. Track for the podcast. My IG, A-R-B-O-T-614. Sound click. Uh, I think the song is called Jade. Uh, enjoy. Listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. That way, I don't like to see the face. You mean it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look, you can get a doggy style, you can get Ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house, and I get to say. Got it?